And I think this is a big difference. There is a difference between a false teacher and maybe a, a person who has some point of doctrine wrong. And I know mm -hmm. we just went through mm -hmm. that triage, but there is a big difference between the two. Right. Like a false teacher is out for something. Mm -hmm. They're, They're trying mm -hmm. to to go against and they may even think they have good motives mm -hmm. they may think but they're doing it for purposes mm -hmm. that aren't about growing the kingdom you yeah. know and like watching god's kingdom it's it's a lot of time for vainglory yeah because it, it's it's yeah. not legitimate ignorance yeah you know where they just don't have the tools and the resources in the community to come to a right yes. understanding of scripture right is that they are legitimately on purpose mm -hmm. twisting the text ignoring for things. their own glory yes. and their own gain it's a yes. it's a completely different thing Welcome to another episode of Let's Talk, where we talk about applying biblical wisdom to everyday life. If you enjoy listening to this podcast, we hope you'll recommend it to others, your friends, your buckos, your other saints, <laughs> even some ain'ts, and share your favorite episodes with a friend. Uh, my name is Jackie Hill Perry, and I am here with Melissa Kruger and Jasmine Holmes. And today we are going to talk about identifying false teaching. We're just all about the fluffy, easy, get to know you topics this season. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of heavy lifting. What can we talk about next season that's mm -hmm. lighter? Puppies? Uh, gummy bears. <gasps> gummy bears. Cats. I do. And how favorite. I don't like cats. No cats. But oh. Melissa and I do have a favorite brand of gummy bear. Yes. So we could really, we could, yes, we we could, could testify we could, about that. Yes, that's right. You mm -hmm. introduced me. True. I have a feeling True. that gummy, gummy bears don't digest. Like when I look at them, I think <laughs> that makes I sense. think that's still this is gonna be seven years. There. Yes. Did you hear that about gum? Yes. Did you swallow gum. I think that's a lie, but we were all told it, so we wouldn't swallow gum. Yeah. But a gummy bear it just gives, it gives me thing. rubber vibes. Speaking of things that don't digest, uh, false teaching. Wow. <laughs> that was good. That, that was, was good. good. That, that was, was good. good. We shouldn't be digesting false teaching. Basically, we're trying to avoid the conversation. <laughs> that's what we're trying <laughs> to do. Light it up. <laughs> what comes to your mind though when you think of? false teaching or a false teacher that shylin song yes false teacher yeah 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 yeah, yeah. that's what comes to my mind immediately mm -hmm. comes to my mind is probably a character caricature which is probably why they're much harder to spot than what i want to think mm -hmm. like i picture someone who's just spewing out lies mm -hmm. and you're, you're sitting around thinking well that guy's clearly a false teacher yeah you yeah. know like saying things that just aren't true mm -hmm. um and that is obvious right like like a, like a heresy like just yes. straight up like maybe i think of a cult leader yeah like, yeah. like did y'all see waco i don't know if you watched the i know the situation yeah. mm -hmm. but yeah. like it's like i think oh it's someone that's just clearly right. telling people terrible crazy things and they follow him for some reason yeah. and that's a false teacher which we definitely say that is a false teacher yeah. you know i mean Jim it Jones. makes them mm -hmm. drink the kool-aid right, right. Yeah. yeah i kind of think it's that but I don't think that's what the Bible talks about. You yeah. know, I mean, they're talking about those types. Yeah. But I think it's maybe more subtle than that. And I think it is. Mm -hmm. And and because uh, when I was studying through Jude, that was kind of like the whole point of his letter, huh. which is there are people in here who are going unaware, unnoticed, mm -hmm. that are teaching things that are not in line with the faith, mm. but you don't see it. Why? Because mm. they look like you. Right. Mm. They might have went to seminary with you. Yes. They 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 like you know, coffee and Calvin too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so mm -hmm. it's like they they yeah. are a wolf in sheep's yeah. clothing. Yeah. Right. And so to me, I think, man, 
the false teachers are the people that I just, I'm not even recognizing as false teachers too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's interesting how much scripture warns about them. Cause I kind of think, Oh, this is a problem now that Christianity is maybe more popular, mm-hmm. but you know, it was happening in the first century. I right. mean, when Paul is writing his letters, he's actively warning them. I think, um, I have, I pulled up second Peter two, and this is interesting because he relates it back to Israel, how they had false prophets. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was like, wow, there have always been people saying, I speak for God who mm-hmm. don't speak for God. Mm-hmm. And so he says, but false prop, this is Second Peter 2, 1. False prophets also arose among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the master who bought them, brought, bought them bringing upon themselves swift destruction. And many will follow their sensuality, and because of them, the way of truth will be blasphemed. And in their greed, they will exploit you with false words. Mm-hmm. Their condemnation okay. from long ago is not idle, and their destruction is not asleep. But I, I always think there are three kind of markers. Um, pride, they have different teaching than Jesus. Mm-hmm. So it might, you know, they, they somehow, the word of truth is blasphemed you know, in some way. Sensuality is normally about sex Mm -hmm. and then greed is normally about money. So Mm -hmm. those three things are all in that passage. Mm -hmm. Like kind of, these are some Mm -hmm. ways we can maybe look and it's hard to see because you know, it's not about somebody having a house or whatever. That's not necessarily a greed thing. It could Mm -hmm. be because they open up their home and bring a lot of people in, Right. but there are going to be certain markers that we're going to be able to see. Yeah. Because false teaching is profitable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I, that's yeah. often also why it's hard to discern it because their ministries are successful. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Their right. platforms are large. Yeah. Unless it's a platform that we already don't like. Yeah. And I think yeah. sheep's clothing doesn't look the same for everybody. Mm-hmm. So for someone who has a proclivity towards like asceticism, who thinks that like having a hard and Sparse life is a sign of godliness. Godliness. A prosperity preacher is not going to be a wolf in sheep's clothing for them. That's Mm -hmm. just going to be like, that's going to be really simple and Mm -hmm. easy to see. What might not be as easy for somebody like that to see might be, hey, we're in medieval times and you made a mistake. And so now if you just, if you lash yourself, that means God will be more pleased with you. Well, somebody who has a proclivity already to think that lowliness and pain is associated with godliness is going to be like, Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. That seems like something that, that could work for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, in the same way, uh, a Christian nationalist in America is not going to be like a false teacher for them is not going to be a, um, slipping my mind. What is that cult? That's super popular. Uh, QAnon. Yeah. It's don't, that's going to be the one that is attractive to them. What's the, it's a cult. It's a black cult. Oh, a uh, black Hebrew. Israelite. Yes. Oh my goodness. A black Hebrew Israelite is not going to be that attracted to that Christian nationalisms, yeah. like wolf in sheep clothing. Mm-hmm. They're going to be like, no, I know that's nothing that's attracted to me, but a wolf in sheep's clothing to them might be some QAnon conspiracies or some other form of nationalism. And so I think, I think sometimes we think that we're really good at spotting false teachers when in actuality, we're just really good at spotting the thing that we already don't like. In other words, what you're saying is the Bible, which is for the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, Mm -hmm. but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. Yep. Huh? So in, in one sense, 
you can be blind or unable to identify false teachers when false teachers are teaching what you actually believe is true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. When they're out appealing to your idols. Because we all have idols. Yeah. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? I mean, so I'm sitting here thinking, that's me. Like, what are my idols? And how am I going to seek teachers who give that to me? Mm-hmm. I mean, because that's what we do. And so it's really, it goes with our idolatry conversation. Yeah, it absolutely does. And yeah. even, I just think like somebody um, who is a high achiever and who thinks that if you pull yourself up by your bootstraps mm. and if you work really hard, you're going to, you're going to get ahead in life would be attracted to maybe somebody who's like a prosperity teacher, not in an outward way, mm. um, but in more of a like, Hey, do these 10 easy steps. Yeah. And if you just do them, you get the life you want. Right. And that to me makes sense that somebody who's like an achiever would. And for me, like, okay, so I'm an Enneagram five. I know every time we mention Enneagram, I just imagine like half of our listeners are like, why? False teaching. Sorry. <laughs> um, but I love information. Inform- information comforts me mm. so much. Mm. Like, just tell me how it works. Tell me what it is. And I'm going to feel so much better. And for me, I think that I am sometimes attracted to people who have all the answers. Hmm. Just give me, give me the answers to my questions and I'm going to listen to you. Mm -hmm. If you have answers that soothe me, if you have answers that comfort me, that is definitely something that I noticed throughout my walk that I'm attracted to. And you might, could you do that maybe sometimes at the expense of looking at their character? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause you just want, give Mm -hmm. me the goods. Yeah. Just give me, give me, me, you're really smart. I know that you're not very nice and I know that you're not very Christ-like and I know that you don't have the fruit of the spirit, but you've got answers. So and that's, that's a really good point is that false teachers always have like deceptive lives. Like yeah. you're, you're because the false teachers deceive themselves. Yeah. And so Ooh. they, they are teaching what they, they themselves either believe or don't believe, but the aim is, is, is evil. Mm-hmm. It's to yeah. get money, fame, power, yeah. all the things. And so, but that's, that's hard. I think and it, I think it's easier or could be easier to identify false teachers within our own context because we have access to their lives, even though oftentimes false teachers will isolate themselves from that kind of exposure. Right. Um, but I think publicly speaking, whether it's people with platforms or pastors whose churches we follow on YouTube or books, we may like, Mm -hmm. it's harder to discern because all we have access to is their words. That's right. Right. And if they go along with the Bible. We're like, well, that sounds good, right? You know, and I, I was struck. Paul Tripp in his book Lead, um, one point he makes is that when you look at the list of qualifications for an elder, eleven of them, I think eleven or twelve of them, are all on character, and one is on giftedness, and that's teaching. One, but typically, what we look for in a, in a leader is they're really good at teaching. Mm-hmm. They're really good at managing right. people. They're charismatic. They're really, we want all these skills. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we forget to look at character. And so it's like, it's hard to know that about someone who's platformed for us. Yeah. It's much, but the person you should be listening Sunday to Sunday, those are things you should start to recognize. Mm-hmm. You, you should start to see, oh, is he kind to people? Mm-hmm. Is he patient with them? Is right. he gentle? Mm-hmm. Right. You know, it's interesting that gentleness is in there, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. not argumentative. You know, you should be able to see that in their life. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and then you have the other problem, though. I love that the scriptures are always so balanced. Watch your life and doctrine closely. Because you have other people who might be nice and funny and all these things. But their doctrine hmm. 
is against scripture. Loosey goosey. Yeah. So we can deny Christ, not sometimes by how our lives look, Mm -hmm. but actually by what we're teaching. Mm. So if we're teaching things that are contrary to scripture, that's clearly false teaching. Right. You know, if it says A and we say, well, Mm -hmm. that's not true. It's B. Yeah. The, the hard part with that, though, Miss Melissa, is that even the language of contrary to scripture yeah. can sometimes be <laughs> become synonymous with contrary to my interpretation yes. of scripture. Yes. Right. So, so yes. how do we discern false teaching from one, just a differing interpretation that does not break fellowship? Right. Or error. Yes. Where you've come to a conclusion that's not necessarily right, but let's walk alongside each other until we come to the, like, how do we discern that? Yeah. Because, and I say it because on Twitter in particular, yep. people are very quick to <laughs> accuse people of heresy and false teaching just because their interpretation is different from mine. Yeah. Someone could have an egalitarian framework yep. and now I'm saying they're on their way to hell just because we differ about gender roles within the yeah. church. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I don't agree. Right. Yeah. Right. That's right. So how do I think um, Moeller talks about triage, mm-hmm. like um, theological triage, like what are first order issues? What are second order issues? What are third order issues? Um, and basically, Melissa and I are Presbyterian, um, which that's new for me. But so I love saying it. I'm like, yeah, I'm Presbyterian. <laughs> um, I grew up Baptist. That doesn't mean that I think that everybody from my old church back home is a heretic because they believe in believer's baptism. That just means I read the scriptures. It just means you became a heretic. Right. <laughs> it's that I became a heretic. you baptizing your babies. Because I'm baptizing my babies. My babies still have not been baptized, by the way. Ooh. But we're going to, after this this one. Get them all done at once. We're going to just get them all done at once. Um, I was like, Philip, we got to hurry up because Winnie's going to be like six years old. And that's like when Baptists baptize their children. <laughs> So I'm like, we got to get in there. Might have a little bit of a profession of faith. Right, right. I'm like, we got to make sure he doesn't get Yeah. Um, But that's something. And I've noticed a lot of times that that is not something that we, that's not a hill that we're dying on, Mm -hmm. on social media. Whereas people used to kill each other about that. Right. Just to put it into perspective. Like Presbyterians used to to drown Baptists. Like, oh, you want to be immersed? (laughs) Yeah. There you go. Forever. (laughs) Like that, like that's intense. Yeah. That's yeah. intense. We think Twitter is the new new low in Christendom, but mm. we do need to remember it's it's been pretty intense on these right. issues right. for a long time. Right. Where the important thing about baptism is what it signifies, yeah. right? The covenant that it signifies and what we think about salvation and what we think about the gospel and what we think about. So baptism is the second order issue that does reflect what we think about first order issues. So first order is like the gospel. Mm-hmm. Michael Horton has a really good video uh, called what is the gospel? And he makes the really good point that often when we think about gospel, we think about all good things. Mm-hmm. So like the gospel is loving your neighbor. The gospel is, you know, raising your children in the faith. The gospel is the good Samaritan, like helping out. But in actuality, the gospel is a very specific message. It is the message of Genesis three fifteen, which is you have sinned. Mm-hmm. God has an answer for your sin. Hmm. That answer is Jesus. Hmm. He's going to come back. He's going to take care of your sin. And then you're going to have a right relationship with God. That's the gospel. There's a lot of stuff in the Bible. That's not the gospel. Mm -hmm. It's truth, but it's Mm -hmm. not 
the gospel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I think that part of understanding the difference between like um, a difference of interpretation that is less threatening than full out false teaching mm-hmm. is understanding what the gospel is. Yeah. So if somebody's messing with that first order thing, if somebody's saying, for instance, that we really didn't need Jesus to come and die for right. our sins or that, you know, we didn't all fall in Adam mm-hmm. or He's not God in the flesh. right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Those are the things that are like, okay, well that's, that's non-negotiable. Yeah. Like yeah. you're wrong. Yeah. I can't, we can't, we can't have fellow, we can't have fellowship. Then the second order issues are the issues where like, okay, baptism, mm-hmm. don't agree. Mm-hmm. So we're probably not going to be at the same church mm-hmm. because I need baptism to be this way yeah. and you need baptism to be that way for your conviction. But even though we're not at the same church, I still love you. You're still mm-hmm. a brother. Third order would be, we disagree, but we can still be in fellowship with each other. Like eschatology, um, which is the view of the end times pre-mill, post-mill, ah-mill, which is the right one. Um, but one of the four is going to be wrong, right? Yes. And we're going to figure it out when Jesus comes back. And But it doesn't impact who we can be in fellowship with That's right. At our in our local bodies. That's right. And I, I think that's just a really helpful framework as we have these discussions for knowing the difference between a disputable matter which, you know, the scriptures talk about, I think it's in like Romans 14, where it says, let no man be your judge. Mm-hmm. You know, like these are disputable matters. And then Galatians 5 says, the acts of the sinful nature are obvious. And it lists them out. And it says, those who do these things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there's a clear sign over here where Paul's talking about, hey, somebody can't eat food sacrificed to idols. Somebody can. Right. Be at peace. Think about your weaker brother. Be considerate of him. But that's not false teaching. Mm-hmm. But when you start getting into teaching, you know, we talked about this in another episode. If anyone teaches the least of these to sin, saying it's a good thing, woe to you who call good evil and who call evil good. We start getting outside of what God says. These are salvation issues. Mm -hmm. Like if you're doing this, you can't be like. It's not saying you can't be part of the kingdom. It's showing that you're not part of the kingdom. Right. Yeah, you know, like certain behaviors. And you're keeping other people what out. Are those, what are those behaviors? I always quote the NIV because that's what I read. I, I do yeah. the same. I, do, I usually do CSV yes. now, and I always quote the ESV. Yes. And mm-hmm. so this is the ESV. Um, now, the work of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, which is interesting because that's the same word that was in false teachers. Mm-hmm. Sensuality, idolatry, sorcery enmity strife jealousy fits of anger rivalries dissensions divisions envy drunkenness orgies and things like these i warn you as i warned you before that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of god it's the enmity and the strife for me like that's that's (laughs) that's what like really sticks out to me because we overlook that so much in our haste to call out false teachers and to it's almost like calling out false teachers has become a way to become more of a click mm. yeah it's like very, it's very tribal yeah it's like you can't sit with us yeah um which i was homeschooled so i never got to do that so i understand the lore um <laughs> even though if i was like if i had you gone were you sitting at the table by yourself i was, myself. I was with my mom man yeah. like Aww. of course i could sit with her yeah. but um yeah and plus even if i was like in another school I wouldn't have been cool enough to sit with the cool kids so maybe this is like people's adult opportunity to just be like you cannot sit with us like they they're drawing these lines that have less to do with 
the word of God and more to do with their identity as part of mm. whatever group. Yeah. Yeah. Because man, we need love. <laughs> um, I had to teach something a, a couple weeks ago and there was a portion of the message that was really hard mm. and confrontational and that I knew it was about idolatry and I was calling out some particular cultural idols mm. and it grieved me and even I just had anxiety about doing it. You know, it was just like a weight and a burden. And then I felt like the Lord was saying, you shouldn't be excited to do this. Mm, right. Like it, sh- it shouldn't be fun to you mm-hmm. to rebuke people, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's just like, Oh yeah. Like, <laughs> like this should be like, I should be grieved to say, whoa was you like mm-hmm. whoa like that's that's not like there should be some tears some hurt yeah. some yeah. some some angst um, like jeremiah attached to this yeah that weeping prophet mm-hmm. he was like he was saying some hard stuff mm-hmm. and it was hard on him yeah yeah and it should be we shouldn't be delighting and tearing others down yeah and that's what it looks like sometimes rather than a deep desire for people to believe truth in scripture. That's a different thing. So when you're calling someone out on a hard thing, it should be like, Hey, I'm grieving this. Right. That I even have to do this. Yes. Yes. You know, I don't think we should want to have to do that. Yeah. How, how, or I guess let's say your friend is listening to a particular teacher, Mm. uh, that is teaching falsely. That Mm. is leading people astray and they don't see it how do you even come to your friend to say maybe you should consider their doctrine and leave it i always ask questions so i'll say things like what do you like about them Mm -hmm. you know what how what does how does what they say make you want to be closer to god um not even in like a, you know, an accusatory, like, what do you like about them? But like, seriously, like, let's mm-hmm. talk about it. Like, oh, you listen to so-and-so? Oh, that's interesting. Like, tell me more. Tell me what you, tell me what you like about that person. Mm-hmm. Tell me, you know, tell me how listening to that person makes you want to be more godly. Tell me how, um, and most of the time that's like a really good into, you know, maybe they'll be like, I, I usually don't just straight up be like, I don't like that person. Right. Mm-hmm you should not listen to them. Unfollow them. They're a false teacher. Mm-hmm. It is disgusting. Ugh, gross. Mm-hmm. But in the course of that, like, what do you like about them conversation? I might get to the point where I'm like, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I have a hard time with that person mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. X, Y, Z, maybe that's something that you want to think about. Maybe something that I'm wrong about because mm-hmm. I haven't listened to that person as mm-hmm. much. Mm-hmm. The dialogue I find is really important because a lot of times, like, people will just say people are false teachers. Like sometimes people just don't even know why they think somebody's a false teacher. They just heard it from somebody. They're just like, hmm. she's a false teacher. And you're like, okay, well, yeah, I've been called a false teacher. Yeah. And it's like, well, tell me why. Right. And it's like, well, she just is <laughs> seriously. Like I've had, the, they, they I've, haven't ever read anything. Right. The person has written. I've right. had that conversation with people who yeah. are like, I've, I don't know. Somebody asked me if you were false. Yeah. They were like, they're like, Oh, I see that you, um, I think, I think I had like posted, uh, gay girl, good God. Mm -hmm. And she was like, well, did you know that she's a false teacher? And I was like, um, no, I didn't know that. Tell me more. And she said, well, I just heard that she was a false teacher. Mm -hmm. And I kind of, you know, softly rebuked her. She came back a couple months later and apologized and was like, man, I'm so sorry that I, yeah, I got a whole Bible study about KB Rebox and did that. Yeah. 
teaching. So yeah. I think this is an important place to note because I've had the same DMs come in, not about either of you actually, oh, about we I spared. had shared a resource and it was someone else. And mm-hmm. it was like, well, don't you know she's a false teacher? And it wasn't even that I would agree with every per- way the per- this person says things, right. but I just, I, I really did like that book. That, right. you know, or, or maybe it's an right. article I was sharing or something. I can't even remember. And I think this is a big difference. There is a difference between a false teacher and maybe a, a person who has some point of doctrine wrong. And I know mm-hmm. we just went through mm-hmm. that triage, but there is a big difference between the two. Right. Like a false teacher is out for something. Mm-hmm. They're, They're trying mm-hmm. to to go against. And they may even think they have good motives. Mm-hmm. They may think, but they're doing it for purposes Mm -hmm. that aren't about growing the kingdom, you know, and like watching God's kingdom. It's, it's a lot of time for vainglory. Yeah. Cause it's, it's not legitimate ignorance, Yeah, you know, where they just don't have the tools and the resources and the community to come to a right understanding of scripture Right, is that they are legitimately on purpose, Mm -hmm. twisting the text, ignoring for their own glory and their own gain. It's a, it's a completely different thing. Yeah. Like actually one of my friends, Megan Hill, who I work with, I think she'd be okay with me sharing this. Um, when I wrote MVV, my first book, I said, I, I went through this pattern that you see in the garden, which is see, covet, take, and hide. Mm-hmm. And when I was applying that later, I said, we take glory from God when we blah, 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 whatever. And she wrote a review. We didn't know each other at the time. And she said, I'm a little uncomfortable with how she says we take glory from mm-hmm. God because we can't take glory from God. And I was like, she's right. Mm-hmm. I said that wrong. But uh, she didn't call me a heretic because I said it wrong. Right. You know, she wasn't saying like, oh, she believes. Mark and avoid. I should have said we fail to rightly glorify right. God mm-hmm. when we do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I should have said it better. Mm-hmm. And she was 100% right. But she just said, yeah, I'm not comfortable with how she said this or whatever. And that's mm-hmm. right. We can mm-hmm. critique each other. We can say, hey, there's room to grow here. Mm-hmm. There's, There are better ways to say things. Mm-hmm. That didn't make me a heretic, hopefully. And she didn't call me one. And I think that's where it's these throwing labels out rather than saying, hey, this part I'm uncomfortable with. That's very different than now saying, and this means, you know, you're a heretic. It can. Because that Mm -hmm. takes charity and and patience, not this thirst and quickness to accuse. Um, Because I think the danger is, is that there may be some people uh, that we are legit, like some people that are legit brothers and sisters in Christ that we're now slandering. Right. That's right. And that's sin. Absolutely. That is, yes. At that point. Yeah. I think also just going back to, um, what you guys were talking about earlier, um, it's really important to that, that our main teachers are people whose lives we can observe. Because mm-hmm. I think that, and you know, Jackie, Melissa, and I, we all write books and speak places like, keep coming. Uh, but <laughs> the most important influence should be the person whose life that you can actually examine. Or at least, at the very least, knowing that the person that you're listening to and the person that you're being impacted by is in a healthy, functional local body and has people who are holding them accountable. As one thing that I do like about the PCA is mm-hmm. that like, People, if if you're PCA and you run into my book or like me speaking somewhere, people are like, oh yeah, her pastor's Albert. 
this is, you know, this is where he was trained and this is what he does. And this is how he, you know, people have, people have a connection and a context and they're like, okay, well, I at least know that she's like in a good church. And we're actually hardwired in a strange way, surprisingly to trust. Have either of you read Malcolm Gladwell's Talking to Strangers? Um, I love Gladwell. He's, he's not a, well, he may be a Christian. I don't know that he's not writing in the Christian space. Let me say that. But talking to strangers, he, he actually discusses how hard it is to actually recognize someone who's lying to you Mm -hmm. because we are so wired to just trust people because that's how society works. Like Mm -hmm. if we thought everyone was lying to us all the time, society wouldn't function. Lord of the flies. Yeah. Yeah. You just couldn't function. And so I think, um, it makes it really hard for us to spot the false teachers that we mm. may be following. And mm-hmm. so I think this gets down to, I love Hebrews where it talks about, but solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice, constant practice to distinguish good from evil. It's going to take us being in the word. We can't be lazy learners, right? Yep. Like I have a responsibility to be in the word myself if I want to know that that pastor or leader is giving me the word correctly. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of us have gotten into, um, a mentor said to me, people who age well have learned how to self-feed. And I think a lot of Christians, we only get food from somebody giving it to us. Mm-hmm. And so we can't discern whether it's good food or not. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because I was... I think sometimes we think that we have to know all of the arguments and all of the bad teaching to defend or can contend against it, but really just knowing the text, just knowing the Bible, um, what it says about Jesus, what it says about the gospel, what it says about the nature and doctrine of God, what it says about salvation, what it says about the church, what it says about the spirit, all those things that, that already sets you up where if someone is teaching falsely, now your antennas Yep. rise because you're like oh yeah that ain't what romans one says That's right. right you know so i don't have to know all the arguments to contend against it i just need to know what god says mm-hmm. yeah it's like I, I felt this about cooking you know when you started cooking i always followed a recipe because that i didn't know how to cook but as i've cooked longer and longer i can now taste a sauce and be like oh that needs some more oregano mm-hmm. oh that needs some more salt mm-hmm. i can read a book and taste and be like that's off that's not right. Yep. There's something right, you know, like because if you've spent the time in scripture, right. you get a flavor for who Jesus is. And you're like, that's not Jesus. Yeah, that, that's not right. Yep. Well, amen. Amen. That's our benediction. <laughs> uh, now it's time for us to talk about uh, not false things, but favorite things. Uh, I want to know what is your favorite children's book? It could be one that you read when you were a kid or one that you read to your children. Mine, um, Where the Wild Things Are, Aww. was my favorite. Maurice and Doc is my favorite pictures. children's author. Those pictures, yes. Terrifying. It's creepy. That's what Mike said. It's extremely creepy. That terrifying. But I loved it. So that tells you a lot about me. Even mm-hmm. the movie. I was mm-hmm. just like, man, these look like real big demons. Yep. I loved mm-hmm. it. When he like tames them all with a magic trick, I'm like, yeah, yeah, he did. Get it, Max. <laughs> <laughs> Tell those wild things where to go. <laughs> loved it. And then my favorite one to read, uh, Wynn actually loves Where the Wild Things Are mm-hmm. now, which... 
to a I, child. I love it because at first he was like, these pictures are really scary. I was like, no, no, no let it sink in. Like, <laughs> like you gotta, you gotta get into the fancy of it. Um, but my favorite one to read to my siblings growing up was um, the remarkable Farquhar McBride. Oh, and I read I it to them so much that I literally have it memorized. I literally could right now give you the entire story of the remarkable Farquhar McBride because yeah. they just loved it so much. You read it over and over. Mm-hmm. So it's a, yeah. that's a John Lithgow one. It's pretty good. One I loved um, that is not popular now. It's called The Little Rabbit Who Wanted Red Wings. And I don't know many people have read it because I think there's kind of a maybe dramatic story in the middle. It's about a little rabbit who wanted to be like everybody else. Like he wanted the, he wanted the squirrel's bushy tail. He wanted, you know, it just he's going around all the animal kingdom wanting what they have. And he gets the ability, this old Mr. Groundhog tells him how to go wish at this wishy well. And he gets the little red wings. He sees a bird. He gets the wings and he's miserable. But there's a part in the story where he's so miserable he goes home and his mother doesn't recognize him. And I think that's why it probably doesn't sell because I think kids are like, the mom didn't recognize the little rabbit. But it's a great story about how sometimes wanting what everybody else has, you realize doesn't make you happy mm-hmm. when you get it. Anyway, so it was a great great little story cute little rabbit yeah the one i remember is not i don't even know if it's my favorite it's just memorable is uh holes h-o-l-e-s and uh oh my gosh, i love holes yeah I, do you remember the plot i just know the boy was bad he yeah. got sent to school we and for read punishment it. they had to build a bunch of yes holes. yeah oh. we read it a, a, um, a couple years ago in school and then the kids came over and watched the movie yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Like, i just remember i just all I, I just remember the experience it's so good of looking forward to going home so i could read oh. that book and finishing it yeah. it's time to talk about our sponsor again for this season crossway and crossway is I think popular for many things. The principle of which though is their ESV study Bible. Yep. Yes. I was really excited to get this in the mail. Um, it is, it is thick. You will look like a real Christian when you come to church with this. <laughs> yes. But it has, I mean, it has amazing maps. It has charts. It has all of these things for each book. And I find it so helpful. I was doing a, study in Nahum. I didn't know anything about the book and it was really helpful for me to be able to look at the introduction and there were just a few things that it said and I was like, oh, that is really helpful. And so I find study Bibles just great for that. It's nice to be able to just check to make sure your interpretation hasn't gone completely out of orthodoxy. I love, I use the introductions and even in, even when I'm in another uh, Bible translation or another Bible, I will go to the ESV study Bible for the like, um, before book yeah. introductions. Yeah. Cause it's they're really so good. Nice. Mm-hmm. It's really nice. So it's got 20,000 study notes, 80,000 cross references, 200 charts, 50 articles, and 240 full color maps. Wow. That's, a lot. That's fancy. Somebody's done some work. Jackie, can you draw us a map? Badoops. <laughs> to find this treasure of a Bible. <laughs> the map is your computer or your phone. Uh, crossway.org forward slash plus. And when you go, you'll find out how to get 30% off because study Bibles ain't cheap and the saints love a good deal. They do. All right, y'all. That's it for this episode of Let's Talk. Thanks for joining us.